studio today we talk to black men about black boys becoming can you believe a four-year-old got put out of school because he wore braids to school his mother was outraged with the incident but more than his mother state senator mike simmons he was outraged too so what did he do well he created a bill bill number 817 to stop discrimination on hairstyles, that you should be able to wear your hair any way that you please. So we're going to talk to Mike about his legislation. We're also going to talk to Jermaine Anderson. He has a wonderful program for young men, I Am a Gentleman. It's really a finishing school for men. And David Roberson talks about hope, that you've got to give kids hope. They've got to see the hope. Wonderful conversation. You don't want to miss it. I'm Hermine Hartman with Indigo Studio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Cozy conversations, dropping knowledge that's for We've got a great topic today that you probably wouldn't believe that we would be doing, but we're going to talk to men, black men, about hair. You heard me, hair. So welcome to Senator Mike Simmons, who is the uh, state senator for the 7th District and has served in the Senate since 2021. And Jermaine Anderson, he is the creator of I Am a Gentleman, and it's a program offering, uh, it's a finishing school, actually, for men, and David Roberson, Hope Foundation. So, Senator, let me start with you, because you are the inspiration for the conversation. There was a young man, four years old, Mr. Jet Hawkins, who was sent home from school because of his hairstyle. He wore braids, and his mother was absolutely outraged, rightfully so. And when you heard about it, you went into action mode. You created legislation, Senate Bill 817. Tell me about Jet Hawkins and how your bill came about. Thank you so much, uh, Hermine, for having me here. Uh, Jet Hawkins is a, a little king from the west side of Chicago. Uh, was four years old uh, last year when I read about what happened to him in March of 2021. Um, he was just uh, excited to go to school. His mother braided his hair. He was excited for his new hairstyle. And he went to school and he was traumatized by the adults in that school setting who told him that there was something wrong with his hair and it violated the school handbook. And so his mother had to pull him out of that school. Block Club Chicago wrote a story about it. This senator read about that story and took immediate action. He was four years old. Four years old. Four years old, and his hair was not, quote, acceptable, appropriate. What was wrong with the hair? So the, the, the handbook has said that the, the hair was not in keeping with the, uh, you know, what's acceptable in that school setting. And we see this as a systemic issue in a lot of schools all across the country. Really? And workplaces. And this kind of ties into the Crowns Act? Yeah, the Crown Act is a national movement to ban the discrimination of 
braids, dreadlocks, and protected hairstyles in all workplaces. Okay, so now walk me through braids, twist, locks, mm-hmm. freelance lock. Walk me through it. Yeah. So we can start with my hairstyles. Okay. So I wear freeform locks. Um, there are a lot of people that wear hair like mine, which is uh, naturally how our hair is textured. Um, it's less work for me. It's very artistic, and it's a great way to honor my ancestors. Um, braids, my mother had braids where braids are just braided. Someone comes in and braids them. It takes three or four hours, and it's one of the most beautiful hairstyles on the globe. And protected hairstyles are a whole different uh, set of different hairstyles that one can have uh, that is of African ancestry. And so does your bill affect men only, or is it exclusive to men, or is it for women too? Oh, it affects everybody, men, women, those that are gender non-binary, um, and everyone else on the spectrum. And so this is a bill that you created especially to target black people's hairstyles and the freedom of black people wearing their hair to school, to the workplace as they see fit. That's right. That's really the essence, is that right? Yeah, the, the systemic issue affects black people uh, day in and day out, year in and year out, and has since the beginning of this country. Wow, so we get discrimination on our hair. All the time. All right, Mr. Anderson, I am a gentleman. You've really got a finishing school for black boys. Yes, ma'am. Where you're teaching them to be a gentleman and statesmanship. Tell me about your program. That is correct. You know, we are I Am A Gentleman, and thank you for this opportunity to join the conversation. You know, if you know anything about I Am A Gentleman, you know that we promote the color pink among the young men that we serve. The color pink? The color pink. Why pink? Well, because most times when you see the color pink, you automatically associate that with being a color with women. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we teach the young men that we serve at I Am A Gentleman is that you don't have to fall into any stereotypes. So you can wear whatever color you choose and feel confident in who you are. Okay, so when babies are born, we do pink for girls. We do. And we do blue for boys. Absolutely. And for women with breast cancer, uh, other signification for women, it's pink. Correct. So you teach the boys what about pink? We teach the young men that whether it's color or anything else in the world, you can be whoever you want to be and be confident in who you decide that you want to be. Okay, so color doesn't matter. Color has no gender. Color has no gender. Okay, and so you're teaching boys how to tie their ties? On day one, we teach the young men about the power of their image. Most of them come into our program and they don't want to be there. They have been referred to our program from mom, from their school, to receive extra community service credits. And they come in with frowns on their faces. But the first thing that we do is we put them in front of a mirror and we teach them how to tie their very first pink necktie. And it's amazing to see the immediate transformation all in a matter of minutes. How old are they? Between the ages of 13 to 21. Okay, so you've got teens. Absolutely. You've got tweens and teens. So they're getting ready for the workforce. For the workforce and for the real world. For the real, yeah, Mm -hmm. real world. That's Mm -hmm. really what's happening. And Mr. Robertson, you've got hope is that's your foundation hope is foundation foundation. yes ma'am tell me about hope what is hope uh so the hope is foundation was created because i was hopeless Uh, Hmm. i was uh, i had a challenging childhood uh, and i remember being s-s-e-l-e-p-o-h i was not only hopeless but i was backwards i was it was hopeless backwards i did not have a clue to how to navigate life uh and i remember going to a, a therapist and she said, let's look at your journal. And in my journal, I had 
I am hopeless. And I had pages filled with it. And she said, you got beautiful handwriting. That threw me off. She didn't acknowledge my hopelessness. Because she She's complimented you. My handwriting. And she said, I challenge you to write I am hope and see how many times you can write I am hope. And I did. And I went home and I wrote I am hope. And I actually fit I am hope and more on one line and I did I am hopeless. And so that really got me to thinking about how can I support college students who drop out of school because of life? How do I support individuals who have di been diagnosed with uh, any type of disorders as college students. And so... How old were you when you had this encounter with the teacher? I was, oh, I was 22 years old. You're 22 years old? I was 22. You were in college? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Let me ask a generic question to all of you. Why are young black men having all of these problems? From, I don't know how to tie a tie, to my hairstyle, to I'm hopeless, is there a target on black, young black men? Because this is young black men stuff. This is not, you're not 40 years old. You are 10 years old. You are 20 years old. Now, we know the police put a target on you. But what's happening societally that these boys are targeted and we've got to come up with really extracurricular activities beyond school, beyond church, beyond home to give them some positivity? Mike, what's happening? You know, I think that this is an issue that rests with our society. So to be really clear, this is not about black boys. They're, they're, the, they're the object of what's happening in a society that is dysfunctional. And there's no, there's no way to mince words on this. You know, when I was younger, I remember some of my older aunts and uncles, I was really smart. And sometimes my teachers were threatened by that. And I was isolated, I was bullied, uh, I was called all kinds of names. And I remember one of my wise older uncles saying, you know, young black men, when, they, when they're educated and, they, and they, they speak in full sentences, that's a threat to everybody. And that's the truth of the matter, is that I, I believe that black men in our society, young black boys, are often seen as a threat. So if they're smart, if they, if they uh, express their agency, um, if they move uh, with independence, that is seen as a threat to many people. And that is so unfortunate. So when you, when you had this experience in school, your bullying and so forth in school, what was your hair like? At the time, my hair was pretty short. I think I had a, a box fade at the time, which is okay. very 90s. Okay, so your hair wasn't attracting attention. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, uh, I think it was just more, I was 11 years old. Um, I, I'm, I am gay. I'm openly gay. I think at the time it was known that I was gay. And there was a security guard that actually called it out one day and threw me up against the wall and threatened to punch me in my face. And so I went in and I told my teacher, and my teacher uh, derided me, and in front of 39 of my classmates said, well, maybe you, maybe you are a F-A-G-G-O-T. Wow. So. <laughs> so how do, you, how, do you, how do you teach these boys how to deal with that? Now, you're, you're not teaching, you're not concerned about gender, about their sexuality. No. You're concerned about manner, decorum, etiquette. How do, you, how do you teach it? Well, one of the things that we do at I Am A Gentleman is we try to make sure that we display and model what the young men can be. I remember when um, former President Obama was campaigning, he had one of the most powerful statements that I had ever heard. He said, you cannot be what you cannot see. So at I Am A Gentleman, we have a cadre of professional men, men from the community, that make sure that they are the models of what these young men can be. I can remember one season at I Am A Gentleman, we were preparing for a cultural experience. 
and we were going to take these young men into downtown Chicago to meet some fine business leaders. And one of the students raised his hand and he said to me, he said, Brother Jermaine, why is it that we have to go into downtown Chicago to meet fine business leaders? Mm. Why can't we see that in our own communities? And that made me take a step back to say, wow, this young man is on to something. So what we've tried to do is help the young men become productive citizens of society so that they can be strong leaders right in their own neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So it was don't go outside of your community. Let's stay within our community. Absolutely. And, 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 and function. And function. To, to, a high, to a high level. So, David, with your, um, with your program, what is it, what's your hands-on? What do you actually do? So my, my non-for-profit actually gave me the fuel to go and get my Master's of Science in Social Work to become a clinical therapist. Um, because I could not just create research and programs, I had to be representation. Um, I, I could not coach our community mm -hmm. and then not have them see someone that looked like us talking about therapy, talking about wellness, talking about how to deal with trauma and grief. Uh, so a lot of my work now is really counter-narrative it's really asking individuals, young people, um, so what's your story and what's the story that you've been told about you, right? And so we have to sit with those and then we figure out what's the highest you. And that's a challenge, but that gets them to counter-narrate the negative, the abandonment, the rejection, um, the low self-esteem, because it, in, the goal is, is to increase the, the vocabulary of positivity, um, not not this false positivity, but looking in the mirror You're and changing saying, the narrative. I am beautiful. Being a man, being a gentleman, being a human and saying, I am beautiful. Not just handsome, not just cute, but I am beautiful because the first two letters of beautiful is B. And we as human beings have to stop doing and be. Is this a program just for boys or is no. this a program for, for girls too? Absolutely, for humans. The, for humans. My... I created Hopeless Foundation because a lot of us don't talk about being hopeless. We just respond in hopelessness. Mm -hmm. And so We're again, We're my goal was to, to mm -hmm. absolutely, my, my goal was to be the representation that matters. It's not about the numbers, it's about the impact because for me, if I can just touch one young person, mm -hmm. it's enough. social media can, can do that alone. And so mm -hmm. for me, I'm an amber. If I can just light someone on fire, live. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. We're talking to young black men about young black boys and the various programs that they have established for positivity. Don't go away. Cozy conversations, drop the knowledge that's for real. Indigo Studio. How dependable is your power? As dependable as 2 a.m. wake-up calls. Grandpa showing up an hour early and perfect timing. Because you can count on ComEd to keep the lights on and keep you informed. So your electric service is as dependable as sleepless nights. In all of Chicago, there's no place like Wicked. Don't miss your chance to defy gravity at the Needle Lander Theater from September 28th through December 4th. NBC Nightly News calls it the most successful Broadway show ever. Visit broadwayinchicago.com to get wicked.
Our goal is to see you become effective leaders. To support your passions. And help your community. So whether you're pursuing an undergraduate degree or transferring from another school, our goal. Our goal. Our goal is to see you accomplish yours. Cozy conversations, dropping knowledge that's for real. Welcome back to Indigo Studio. We are talking to young black men about young black boys, and we're talking about black boys becoming uh, as they move forward in society. So, Senator, what happened to the school after you changed the law? What did that school that kicked this young man out, kicked Hawkins out, what did they do? Well, we ended up uh, seeing in the news that uh, it was reported that they changed the policy, that they updated the policy. So that was, that was great. Um, and a number of other schools uh, would have to change their policy because now it's the law of the land. Now it's law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did the... Uh, uh, did the mother, did she take her kid back to that school or did she change schools? Uh, so uh, the mother, I, I, Ida Nelson, I believe, I ended up taking him out of the school. Okay, just for, let's forget about this, huh? I believe so. Rightfully so. So you all talked about the young, you talked about the young men, you talked about the HOPE program, mm-hmm. hopelessness to hope. Where do you all find these kids? Well, our situation is a little bit unique because when we first started I Am a Gentleman six years ago, we were doing grassroots marketing, you know, passing out flyers in the neighborhoods, calling single moms, getting referrals from schools, and it was really difficult to get these young men to commit to the program. Well, six years later, we don't have to do any marketing because the young men find each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so engaged in being connected to an experience that they've never received before until they go and tell their cousins, their little brothers, their, mm-hmm. you know, peers at school you got to be a part of this program, which is teaching me how to be a gentleman. And it's just an amazing thing, you know, that they have, again, committed themselves to. Okay, so here's a generic question for you all. We hear about young black men in their teens, primarily, being targeted by policemen. And we talk about the talk and what you should tell young black men, should they be stopped by the policemen, the do's and the don'ts. In your various programs, do you have the talk? Yes? Absolutely. What do you what do you say? What do you tell them? As a clinical therapist, my focus is getting individuals to maintain themselves. So the focus is are you breathing when you're talking to someone who makes you uncomfortable? Are you acknowledging your how you feel? Is your neurological system uncomfortable? But if I'm stopped by the police, yes. I'm driving down the street. Mm-hmm. I'm stopped by the police yes. for a stop sign, yes. for a, uh, a traffic violation. I don't have time to go through my neurological system. Yeah. Tell What do you tell them to do? Again, for me, being a clinical therapist, I help people focus on mindfulness because the biggest challenge is, is that people, they become anxious, overwhelmed, mm-hmm. fear. Mm-hmm. That stops people from breathing. That becomes, so people become to be reactive. When you begin to use your breath, you begin to be more focused, more calm, more aware of your surroundings. When an individual's not breathing, they're fight or flight mode. And the goal is to get an individual to understand, I am not in danger, I am okay, because at the end of the day, I'm a human being. 
I am black, but I am okay. What, what, do you do, what, what do you do in your program? We also have the talk. One of our courses that the young men are required to take each season is called How to Interact with Law Enforcement. Mm -hmm. And that is a course where it's not only students in the room, but community-based Chicago police officers in uniform. Oh, that's great. Having conversation. In addition to that, our community-based mentoring program is housed inside of the Chicago Police Headquarters. Hmm. So every Saturday morning, you can find young men dressed in their white shirts and pink neckties walking into the police headquarters. And before the sessions begin, we have police officers there answering questions, drinking coffee, having orange juice, drinking um, or having donuts with the young men, mm -hmm. so that the young men are no longer looking at the police as someone who's against them, mm -hmm. but someone that they have relationship with. Mm -hmm. So that if they do fall into any type of negative behavior, they have a reference point that, I know Officer Jones, mm -hmm. and that may have some leverage into how they're treated. So it's kind of a positive experience Absolutely. versus a fear, mm -hmm. negative. We'll be right back. We're talking to young black men about young black boys and the various programs that they have established for positivity. Don't go away. Cozy conversations, dropping knowledge that's for real. Indigo Studio. How dependable is your power? As dependable as 2 a.m. wake-up calls. Grandpa showing up an hour early and perfect timing. Because you can count on ComEd to keep the lights on and keep you informed. So your electric service is as dependable as sleepless nights. In all of Chicago, there's no place like Wicked. Don't miss your chance to defy gravity at the Needle Lander Theater from September 28th through December 4th. NBC Nightly News calls it the most successful Broadway show ever. Visit broadwayinchicago.com to get wicked. Our goal is to see you become effective leaders. To support your passions. And help your community. So whether you're pursuing an undergraduate degree or transferring from another school, our goal, our goal, our goal is to see you accomplish yours. Cozy conversations, dropping knowledge that's for real. What would you have told George Floyd? David. Um, again, I go back down to... See, here's, here's where I'm getting lost with you. Yeah. I understand I'm being in control of myself, mm -hmm. take my deep breaths, don't let fear overtake me, yeah. but there's a gun on me, mm -hmm. okay? I am nervous. It is dark. Mm -hmm. I've done everything I was supposed to do. I am in compliance. Mm -hmm. I have my father's Mercedes Benz. I have shown you my driver's license. Okay, those situations happen every day. Yeah. What do I do to protect myself? And as a clinical therapist, I can honestly say, I don't know. 
You don't know. No. As a black man, what do you, you got to tell these kids something. For me, my only goal as a clinical therapist is to help an individual monitor themselves. But a hypothetical situation, I, I can't answer that. And that's just me being transparent. Senator, what'd you tell these kids in situations like that? You know, I, 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 I sympathize with what you're saying. I can't control how white supremacy visits itself on me or those that I love. That's been the reality since the beginning of our time. What I could tell young black people is that none of this has anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. Don't take it personally. It has nothing to do with you. This is all history. and We all are caught up in the history that a lot of people don't understand. Mm -hmm. um, I want to have children soon, and I'm going to be having this talk with them because my children are going to be black. Mm -hmm. And they're going to know about the history. They're going to know about their ancestry. They're going to know about my uncle who um, lost his life uh, interacting with law enforcement. And, you know, I, I can't. You can't predict what will happen to any of us. I'm a state senator. I could walk out there today mm -hmm. and be mistaken for somebody and could end up dead. Has happened. It has happened. Has, it has I happened. have been assaulted. So in your programs, that's what I'm trying to get to, do you incorporate this? You say don't, you don't want to be afraid, but you are afraid. How do you, how do you cope with that? Yeah, it's a difficult thing to cope with. In our program, when we talk about how to interact with law enforcement, mm -hmm. we go over those 10 do's and don'ts, many of which you just referred to. Mm -hmm. But even in a more global setting, we teach the young men that when you get up each morning and when you step out of your door, make sure that whoever you interact with throughout that day, that you present the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And what we find is that behavior changes, body language changes, mm -hmm. you know, even your language change, when you have that at the forefront of your mind that today I'm going to be the best me that I can be. Don't be confrontational. Don't be confrontational. Be cooperative. Absolutely. Be mannerable mm -hmm. uh, at all times. At How all many time. kids do you deal with per, per, let's say on a per annum? Yeah, so each, um, each Saturday morning we have about 75 kids in our program and we serve about 1,000 students annually. Wow. Your, your program is just for self-development, or is there any social development that you're looking for? Yes, yeah, so I have a partnership with NEIU, my alma mater. Uh, I specifically fo focus working with black students on campus, mm -hmm. and the goal is, is to create an environment where it's social-emotional learning, and it's a space of, 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 of equity and belonging. Mm -hmm. So because I was affected in college, mm -hmm. my heartbeat is for college students. Mm -hmm. Because so, it was a college program, yeah. primarily. Mike, you got any uh, more creative legislation? Could you do some legislation to stamp out racism? <laughs> yes. I mean, just let's get rid of it, oh, you know? If I, could, if I could do that, it would just be over, right? It'd be over. Um, we, we all could uh, retire. Um, Listen, it, it's, I'm just starting my political career, mm -hmm. and I represent a really diverse district. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I made history as the first black person to serve as a state senator from the 7th district on the far north side of Chicago, mm -hmm. first LGBTQ person to serve in the upper chamber of state government. I'm just getting started, and I suspect in the next several years that if you look at my legislative record, you will see a number of bills that have tackled the systemic discrimination insofar as racism, misogyny, homophobia, uh, discrimination against seniors, xenophobia, and the whole scorecard. So I want to say thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for at least tackling these issues because if we can change the law, we can change behavior. You know, that's what Dr. King, uh, Dr. King had a saying, I can't make you love me, but I can make you behave right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and on that note, thank you so much for being with us. 
Mike Simmons, Dave Roberson, and uh, thank you for your wonderful, wonderful program. When you start doing girls, I want you to call me. Absolutely. I want to sit in on that one. <laughs> I'm Hermine Hartman with Indigo Studio. I hope you've enjoyed our program today. Back and relax, educate and inform. Cozy conversations, dropping knowledge that's for real. Indigo Studio. Always in the know With Hermine Hartman You'll be enlightened